Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. There's been a lot of talk in the last couple weeks as to who the target was in the University of Idaho student's case. Was it one? Was it four? Was it the house? Was it the group? Cops have even been back and forth on this. And finally, they did say, yes, it is a targeted event or attack. Even Kaylee's dad, who we've seen quite a bit in the last little while doing interviews, he believes that they were targeted. And there's one thing that was really interesting, and he said, to me, he doesn't have to go upstairs, meaning the killer. His entry and exits are available without having to go upstairs or downstairs. I'm using logic that he chose to go up there when he didn't have to. There was also a small little clip about him talking about being targeted and what that meant to him if it was Kaylee. Have a look. The target really does bother me because no one can win in that kind of terminology. It just makes us all feel like, please don't be my child, that's the target. And also another piece in an interview, he was talking about the neighbors being interviewed and saying, you know, they're not as scared because they knew it was a targeted event. Kaylee's dad made the point that, you know, well, if it's just them sleeping in the bed, what's the target, right? And in this case, there's been so many rumors flying around, so many weird oddities flying around, and it's really hard to sift through the truth just from the outside looking in as you know, the public. But police are following up with press releases and they're trying to, you know, sift through the rumor mill as well. And then also come to the plate and say, you know, X is uh, been brought forward, this has been eliminated. So-and-so has been forward, this has been eliminated. But it seems that Kaylee's father and family are very upset that we've seen in interviews about maybe the cops not being as forthcoming with them. I understand they have to keep up with the integrity of the case and I mean, at all costs, right? So, but we see Steve very upset and he was saying even with the timelines, he just wanna know some of the people's alibis. So that was very interesting. But I also wanna bring up, there's a missing piece of the timeline. I did do a timeline video, but there's that gap for Ethan and Zana and we know authorities are trying to dig into that. There's a five, almost five hour gap. They were last seen at 9 p.m. on that Saturday evening and that they were home by 1.45. So stay tuned for when that information comes out. I will do that in a video. So be sure to hit that subscribe button and hit that like button. That way this can be spread out to more people. I appreciate it. So today we're gonna dive into the topic of targeting and see now with this new information that we've been receiving and sort it all out. So now let's get into it. Now, according to Kaylee's dad, he had mentioned that Kaylee and Maddie were sleeping in the same bed when they were murdered. These girls were absolutely beautiful. They had been friends since sixth grade. We both put them in a charter academy. They felt like they were being punished. Sixth grade, they just found each other. And every day they did homework together. They came to our house together. They shared everything. They went 
they convinced us, they made a proposal to go to high school, to a regular high school. So then they went to high schools together. Then they started looking at colleges. They came here together. They eventually get into the same apartment together. And in the end, they died together in the same room, in the same bed. And it's, it's a shame and it hurts. But the beauty of the two always being together is something that will, will it comforts us. It lets us know that they were with their, their best friends in the whole world. And also, according to Kaylee's dad, he said that the bed was still made in Kaylee's room. So what that means, obviously, is Kaylee wasn't in her room, but she was in Maddie's bedroom. And it's not really abnormal. When I first heard about this, they're best friends. They, you know, got drunk that night. They came home, probably hanging out. We know that they were both making phone calls for quite some time and there was seven phone calls in total and you know they could have been chatting and then just fell asleep they didn't just go home and go straight to sleep so let's take a look at the map of the house again i did do a video in my last video i showed the layout and we talked a little bit about that but here now with this new information that maddie and kaylee were in the same room it's interesting to take another look so when you look on the map the room that they would be in is the room above the kitchen it's also where there's a sliding door out to the deck on the upper level. Remember they were on the third level. And where Ethan and Zana would be would actually be towards the front of the house on the opposite side. Now remember what Steve said about having to be intentional and go up the stairs and that's why he believes they were targeted. But if we were looking at this and thinking about it also, the murder would go into the house through that sliding door is what is believed to the kitchen, have to go through the house and then go up the stairs to where Maddie and Kaylee were. Now, if Kaylee was the target, then the murder would potentially have to walk through the house, go to Kaylee's room and then notice she's not there and then come back out. So that makes me think if she was the target, then the murderer would be saying, okay, she's not in here, where would she be? If he knew that they were best friends, perhaps that's where he would go and check in on Maddie. So it'd be weird if he didn't know them on a personal level. This is just my opinion. What do you think? Let me know in the comments below. And just a little blurb about the dog. He was said to have been found in a different room than where the girls were found. And he didn't have any other evidence on him so I'm guessing this is my guess you know blood or anything like that so I thought hmm I wonder if the dog was sleeping in Kaylee's room and that's why he didn't hear anything or did the dog know the murderer now the city of Moscow actually had a little blurb about it and it says there have been numerous requests about the dog found at the residence on the morning of November 13th. Arriving officers entered the residence and found the deceased victims. During a search of the home, a dog was found in a room where the crimes had not been committed. Officers did not find any evidence on the dog and there was no indication the animal had entered the crime scene. The dog was taken to animal services and released to a responsible person. While the dog was in the house when officers arrived, it has not been determined where the dog was physically located when the murders took place. So I'm very curious about this and all we could do is speculate, obviously. Now, there was a former tenant 
who was talking about the house and talked about it being soundproof. They said it was really difficult to hear activity on the second and third floors. And he said unless a roommate was playing the television loudly on the second floor, he typically heard nothing from the second and third floors. He says, I wouldn't have heard it from downstairs. That tenant lived there for about six months and then moved out in December of 2019. Now let's go to the locks because in 2019, when the same tenant lived there, the house actually had code locks on each bedroom door because each bedroom was rented individually. So we're not sure if that was the case, you know, currently, but that's what it was in the past. But in my research, it says that some of the victim's social media posts showed images of the home that reflected that the locks has been since changed. But there was an interesting comment about locking the sliding door. This previous tenant said, you never lock the side screen door. Why would you lock the screen door? I mean, you got locks on all the rooms, so we never locked the screen door. That's interesting to me. Let me know below. Now, Zana's dad did say that he replaced the locks just a week before. It says the father visited and fixed a lock in the house the weekend before she and her friends were brutally murdered. It was actually the first week of November that Zana's dad fixed the lock. But according to Zana's mom, she wasn't sure that it was on the front door or if it was the six bedrooms, but she said that she did believe that it was Zana's room at the minimum. If you know more about that, just let me know below as well. Now, according to Kaylee's dad, Steve, he said the injuries on Kaylee were significantly greater than what it was to Maddie. You, you've said both now to Rachel and then I, in, in the clip in your appearance with Lawrence Jones that the, your daughter and, and Maddie had different means or manner of, of attack, and that suggests one of them was targeted. Um, can you share with us, do you know, and you can't share either way, which one was targeted? I can't. I asked for permission to do just that, and they said no. Um, I probably over disclosed information that they wish I wouldn't have said. But this sto the story's going mm. cold. There's less people coming to Moscow. Um, I'm not gonna go sleep in my bed knowing that I could get up and I could mm. go to town and I could I could do something. And I'm not gonna go away. And I, I hate to be a pain, but as a father, I just can't even sleep thinking that I, I could be doing something. So that's that. that's why I'm not. And then he said, I'll cut to the chase. Their means of death don't match. Their points of damage don't match, which is very interesting. But I was seeing some theories from an FBI profiler and he brought two theories forward. And he was talking about it could be more on Kaylee because she was defensive or it could be more on Kaylee because she was targeted. So there's two ways to look at it. Have a listen to what he says. We have to be careful that we don't uh, overinterpret uh, the information. And one hypothesis is that she was targeted. Perhaps that may explain the, you know, the uh, uh, number of wounds that are excessive in her. But I've had other cases where I've worked with multiple murders <clears throat> where one victim has been subjected to the most violence and turns out that wasn't a targeted victim. It was uh, the person who had put up the most resistance. Uh, and enraged the uh, killer, so they, they inflicted, the killer inflicted more wounds on that person, even though that person wasn't specifically targeted. So we could be dealing with, with anything like that. So it's important not to get tunnel vision on a given hypothesis. 
important to have multiple competing hypotheses and then let the evidence uh, sort that out and support one and, and, and maybe dismiss the other. So, so I have to be a little, a little bit careful with that. So when I was watching the interviews of Steve, it was really interesting because at one point he said something about a behavior difference and it was very, very confusing. He says, I do have some inkling that there was some behavior difference. When you commit a crime, you have different behaviors. And then he was asked whether Kaylee may have been a target and he said he was referring to the behavior of the victims. So this is a head scratcher to me. I gotta search more and do some more research. But if you, if you know something about that, let me know. I find this weird. But if there is targeting, Steve did mention about, you know, target being behavior based. And he said that it will tend to pit each other against the other parents, which, you know, obviously that's terrible. But they talked also about, you know, potential suspects. But what was interesting was Kaylee's family was talking about, you know, different suspects and they wanted to know about alibis and they mentioned a she um, and some people being ruled out. So very interesting. I know a lot of FBI profilers has been on and they were saying that they believe this to be a male. And we know from previous information that Kaylee potentially had a stalker, although it sounds like the authorities are following up and finding out more information about said stalker, but there's some things that's, you know, they're not seeing anything of that nature at this point that we know. So Kaylee's mom did say that they've ruled out the suspects way too quickly. I mean, it was very quickly within a day or two from my recollection, I could be wrong, but it was just like, wow, there's so many that they're ruling out and announcing and they don't usually do that very often in my experience anyways, since I've been on here for the last three years. And speaking of oddities, there's been a few other weird tidbits as well uh, with other interviews, a neighbor, people going after the neighbor. Uh, there's been a reporter or a fake reporter actually. Have you heard about that? If you want me to do a video on those types of oddities, then let me know below. Check out my playlist on the case here. Click like, click subscribe, and don't forget to share. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you soon.